All right, moving forward, my third favorite album of 2023 is Folkocracy by Rufus Wainwright. And I walked with and talked with a Friends in two strangers have grown And my body has gone deserted I'm just going to start by saying Rufus Wainwright's voice has never been better. <laughs> ever, like, ever. He, he, he is one of my favorite vocalists of all time. Yeah. He's an absolutely incredible voice, range, control, tone. His vibrato is so tasteful and mournful yeah. and like, oh my He's God. He's very it, emotive. Yes, it makes me feel things. His voice makes me feel things. Yeah. I could literally listen to him sing anything, which is a good transition to, this is actually a covers album, which is not typically the type of music it's not really a genre but it's like a kind of album that number one i listen to and number yeah. two i would put in a top five list it's true because these are not exactly original songs there was one original um but like i said he this man could sing anything this is billed as a folk covers album but it's almost it's way more than that this this could have been just like rufus wainwright with an acoustic guitar doing dylan covers like well, it's again, not when that. you say folk covers you mean covers of folk songs yes thank right? you yeah. covers of folk songs and it just is so much more than that there's so many different types of what he is considering folk exactly or or the t- different kind of traditional music of different places and oh man the, the album starts off with this beautiful duet with our favorite Madison Cunningham. Yes. Oh my God. Look at look at where this oh my God. Where this gal has come. Which this is actually this is also this is an important part of the album. I'm also very proud of Rufus and his collaborators and who he chose to mm-hmm. collaborate with. He could have easily picked like Phoebe Bridgers, <laughs> like SZA, like the the big. The, no, <laughs> that, I'm serious. That would have been. Crazy. wild but he could have picked like the hot <laughs> yeah, new yeah, yeah. artists of the day yeah. and i'm not saying that madison isn't a hot new artist but like she's not that popular maybe he took a leaf out of uh carly ray jepson's book and she chose a dark horse rufus for her song last year that's true she covered and poses like, oh, right maybe I should... yeah so they somehow no no, connected... no i was saying the song that uh loneliest time oh but the connection is that Madison Cunningham covered a Rufus Wainwright song on one of her covers EPs. Oh, I was saying Carly Rae. Understood. Anyway. Great song. That was my top five. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, back to Alone. It starts the album off really well because it's Madison, her gorgeous, guitar. unique guitar playing. Yes. Her voice is beautiful. He also picks people who work really well with his own voice. Mm-hmm. Not only is she mm, given For the t- most part. I know you have a problem with uh, a couple. John Legend. A couple. Um, but <laughs> but uh, their voices mesh so well together. There, there's so many different types of songs, like I said. Like, there's random, like, germal, germal, <laughs> German <laughs> piano instrumental. Oh, my there's God, a, that's one of the best songs, in my opinion. It's so cool. Nacht und yes, song. there's a Hawaiian protest folk song with Nicole Scherzinger from, uh, uh, I was going to say Pussy Loose Cat Buttons. Dolls. From Pussycat Dolls. <laughs> uh, she sounds a, great, by the there's way. A, she does sound great. There's a traditional folk version of Cotton Eye Joe with oh, Shaka Khan. That is another one that... Not your thing? I don't think Shaka sounds great. 
I disagree. Sorry, Shaka. I think the guest list is absolutely fascinating. Even there's an amazing duet with David Byrne, who has one of the weirdest voices. Weird, so weird. In pop music, so weird. pop rock music. And they do sound great together. They sound so good together. That's one of the best songs. I've it's so good. He also does Hush Little Baby. He does like crazy ragtime song in Black Gold. There's yes. so much gold. Pun intended. It's so funny. You, I mean, maybe album. that's you're not into it. No, 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 no. When you said ragtime, as soon as I heard uh, Black Gold, I was like, "This sounds like Tata," literally from oh, Ragtime wow. singing that. That's song. so funny. Um, I'm going to keep talking about the collaborators because I think it's really interesting. Yeah. He picked John Legend. We talked about. I think he actually sounds great on here, and I'm not a fan of him typically. He's got Susanna Hoffs from the Bengals, Cheryl Crow, Andrew Bird, Anoni. He's just like picking very interesting collaborators to litter this album with excitement. The guest list is is just fascinating to me, but I want to highlight him actually solo. I really want everyone to hear a little sample of his rendition of Shenandoah. I'm bound to live I think this is one of the best renditions of Shenandoah I've ever heard in my life. Like the way Rufus is able to bend his voice mm-hmm. and his falsetto control, he seems so powerful but vulnerable, emotional. I, I just his voice as an instrument speaks to me in a way that a lot of other artists do not. And like he can pull back into this just a whisper and then he can Mm-hmm. Like he's so good at he can literally pull back from the mic and wail and then bring it down I mean, and he started in opera right he, he fell in a, love with opera as a teenager correct and it kind of informed a lot of yeah his, he's got like a classical background yes yes um, he's always been into classical music and opera he's actually written a few operas right. um, I just think if we're going to strip away all the excitement of the guest artists and yeah. the funky renditions of this that and the other this is like a straight ahead pretty version of Shenandoah and I just think it it just encapsulates this is just an amazing artist even if he didn't write the song this is like his song in my mind like it just feels so so absolutely beautiful I I mean I love the chords and how he sings uh, I'm bound away the production on this whole album is fantastic it's it's really tasteful like on this song there's piano there's a little accordion or an organ yes I love the accordion and the acoustic is gorgeous can um, I just I just want to point one thing out? I know, about this song. I know, I know and I, yeah, there's just <laughs> something so strange to me that of all the renditions I've ever heard of Shenandoah, they never say Doa. They say Oh Shenandoah, I long to hear you. He's just a, a pedant and a stickler He's just, for accuracy. Oh Shenandoah, and yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly I hear it too, and every time <laughs> it just for a split second takes me it's out just of like, it. Huh? <laughs> but it is it is beautiful. It's, I, I don't it's I don't so knock that and. Yeah, sticking with the uh, Rufus solo songs, I love his uh, version of Arthur McBride. Yes. That is like such an impressive it's and so organic epic. performance. And also it like devolves at the yeah, end. 100%. Like, it's yes. this beautiful, he's an amazing pianist. Yeah. And so he's playing this, I'm, a, I'm not sure if it's playing live at the same it time. It sounds like it's it. like a full, you know, one 
solid one take. Full take, yeah. So he's doing this beautiful and singing this like this kind of this big Irish folk epic. And by the end of the song, he's like banging on the piano and it's like hitting all these atonal very chords dissonant. Yeah, and dissonant. It, it takes a very like sinister turn. Oh my God. And that song comes right before the closing song, yeah. uh, Wild Mountain Time, which I also think is stunning. And it's kind of in this tradition of Irish folk songs. Have you heard that song before? I don't know if I have. It sounds classic, but I don't know if it's because I've heard it before or just because it's one of those songs. The first time I ever heard that song was on this 2015 James Taylor record, oh, which was cool. pretty awful. Oh. <laughs> and this, no, this this was the only song I actually liked okay. from it. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, it's such a beautiful way to end the album because there's so many different guest vocalists who all kind of do a verse and then they all come together with, and we all go down yeah. together. It, it, it was a perfect choice as a, uh, a as a closer a closer. This album. I just think overall, this album is so much fun to listen to. I just this is my number three album of the year. I've listened to this album so much because it's such a blast. Like that sounds a little funny to say with like a folk covers mm-hmm. album, but like. It feels like a party. It feels like Rufus invited all of his friends to his house. Well, so yeah, and like had all, and they made these creative arrangements, yeah. and they all picked weird songs. And like, what is a covers album supposed to do? Is it supposed to prove that the artist doing them is doing them better? Is it just to like, what is the purpose? For me, I'm not sure the purpose, but like, he introduced me to all these great artists and traditional songs some that i didn't know some that i did and then it's also bringing on these interesting collaborators and exciting me about them yeah i mean it just feels like a rousing success to me i think some cover albums um are to showcase how good the songs are that they can be you know manipulated in certain ways and still hold up this really feels like it's uh just a you know a fun thing to do with a bunch of other artists and friends um yeah, I love the concept of this album. I think it would make for an amazing concert, like a last waltz. And it was. So Wait, I actually, really? Yes. I went quickly by it when I did my honorable mentions, unless I forgot to say it at all, because I wanted to talk about it oh, here. Oh, wait. No, you did mention Rufus, but he didn't bring on... No. That's what I mean. Like, like He to, didn't have all the bring people. bring on all the guests. He, so I saw a, a concert where he basically did the entire album. Got it. And a, only a couple other songs. He so. did have collaborators and he did have his sister, yeah. um, Lucy Wainwright Roach. Um, and seeing these songs live, I was just mm. like, this is one of the greatest artists we have right now. And he is, even when he's doing other people's music, he's just an absolutely captivating performer and musician. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, 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 I hear you, what you're saying. It could be more fun as a concert setting to see all the live uh, I think, interpretations. I think for me, it would. That is the uh, way I would like to experience this album: is live, seeing these people come on and off, and that kind of thing. I think it would be an amazing night and a, and a spectacle. And there's something about it as a recorded album that Feels I don't. More novelty. I, to I just you? don't. Yeah, it's just something that I haven't desired to go back mm. to. I think it's kind of a mishmash. There are definitely a lot of songs that I that I'm into. Um, you didn't even mention Brandy Carlisle on oh my, uh, Down I in the Willow Garden. One of my favorite songs in the album. I which just, I also, it's just a great use of Brandy. Like I think it's... Oh, the two of them together. Yeah, always Brandy, I have mentioned, is also one of my favorite vocalists of all time. Yeah. The two of them together in this beautiful murder ballad. It's, yes, and thank you for bringing that up. That's a great song.
Is uh, Going to a Town, is that the original? Correct. So the the one weird thing about this album is that going, it's not just an original, it's on one of his other albums, which means... Rufus's or Anna Rufus's. So what it means is that Rufus decided he was doing a cover, an album of all like these... Of his... Any, <laughs> of folk classics. His and folk he classic. put his own on there as if to signal that he or his producers or honestly his husband thinks that this should stand his husband is his manager his husband yeah it seems like that he's his manager and he's like a big business promoter <sighs> That's interesting yeah. that kind of left a little sour taste in my mouth yeah but honestly it's an amazing version I, yeah. and anoni's voice is gorgeous they sound great together they do and yeah i always thought that he and andrew bird had similarities so oh, I, li- that, so I like i that love they... that version of neil young's harvest uh oh, is, oh, is that did i see you there na, na, na. i love this album so much i I feel like we'll talk about it more, hopefully, with Nickel Creek when we eventually talk about our number one album. This album also reminds me of music kind of in its most basic form, mm. just like these traditional, yeah. folky... It just it just made me so happy to listen to, and I, 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 I highly recommend everyone take a listen. Now we're on to my number two record of the year, Rat Saw God by Wednesday. drive by songs I don't know if you know this, but Wednesday is technically the first band that we saw after COVID. They, they opened, opened for Beach Bunny. Bunny. I knew that I had seen them before. Wow. We, we might have shown up late and maybe saw the last couple songs. I remember being unimpressed. Yeah, I, they, it didn't stick with me at that yeah. moment, but I knew that I had seen them. I didn't know if I saw them open up for Pine Grove or something. But um, anyway, how did I get into this album? I fell in love with a bunch of songs off of the last MJ Lunderman record, Boat Songs, mm. which came out in 2022. And MJ Lunderman is one of the members of Wednesday, uh, along with Carly Hartsman, uh, who's the lead singer-songwriter, and a couple others that, unfortunately, I don't know their names. Isn't but... his brother one of them? Is that right? I'm pretty another sure. Another Lunderman? Yeah. Hmm. There's another Lunderman. Another Lunderman. Um this uh, record was produced by Alex Farrar, who also produced the Indigo D'Souza album. Oh. Um, I'm not sure of other things that he's produced, but um, just wanted to call that out. This was a slow burn at first, I will say, um, because honestly, it goes in and out of what I think are really pretty melodies and then kind of like monotone uh, sections, which... I don't know. I'm down with. I'm here for. I like that vibe, and I think it's consistent throughout the record. Uh, Rat Boys was number one for a while. Wednesday was maybe number four. Like these rankings have completely shifted. But in the last couple days, one of the listens that I had with Wednesday just clicked with me. Mm. I don't know what it is. There's something that I do find extremely consistent. I don't. Whereas, like Jeff, yes, has a couple. I will say are duds. I don't think there are any duds on this record. There's always something that I'm looking forward to in each one of these songs. 
I love, just like I said, you know, rat boys can do this kind of indie rock and then they can also do this maybe Midwest or just folky sound. I love that Wednesday is fucking grungy and they can also be kind of Midwest country and they can also be this, you know, like sweet and dreamy. They can fucking rock and scream. And yeah, I, I love, again, talking about the slacker rock. Um, I love Carly Hartman's, uh, Hartsman's monotone, yodel, unique sound. I, I see the way you're looking I at me. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and which which tracks honestly? I, yes, I, it I does. would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, expect oh, anything man. else. This was a rough listen for me. Wow. I cannot believe this is on your list. Huh. I cannot believe this is on so many people's lists. I am missing something with this band. This is like the most overrated album that I've heard this year. I don't get it. And again, it sounds like it took a while for you to click. I'm, I just, this is such a snooze. This is such a snooze. Hmm. And you actually mentioned it. It's so atonal at times and, and bland and without melody and noisy and meandering. I don't get it. I don't get this album. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, 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 there are, okay. I'll say some positives before you launch into sure. um, I'm sure what you love about it. Um, I do love the use of pedal steel on the album. Yeah. It's not every song, no. but when it adds that kind of country flair, that's when the songs get interesting and exciting to me. Interesting. Um, then again, I mean, I love the opener actually hot rotten grass yeah. smell, which is by the way, is a fantastic song title. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a great title. It's a great sound. And then it just, I don't know. There's something about this album that it's like big thief, but like without melody. There's like nothing. There's so little for me to grab onto. Hmm. And I don't like her voice. It's so whiny and yodely, especially on like Turkey Vultures. That song is like hard to listen to for me. I, I know you're looking at me with such shock. I and I'm I'm sorry to be so negative. This is just this is these are the type of bands where we clearly diverge wow. on our connections to I know that chosen to deserve is considered like it's lauded by all these. I'm that's like, probably, it's probably, this is that's, such a snooze. I will say that's my least favorite on the record. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I think uh, again, this is. I don't know if this is the case, but I assume that a, one of the reason, one of the reasons that this album is written about by all these magazines. It has to do with the lyrics, not necessarily talking Which, about again, the music. For someone like me who's only listened three or four times. I'm not really pouring over the lyric book. I will say, I do think that Carly has some great lyrics, a lot of which I'll, I'll call out. Please do. Um, but yeah, Chosen to Deserve in particular is like on everyone's like top. And Quarry. And I just, I don't... Quarry is really? Yeah. I like Quarry. Um, but uh, yeah, Chosen to Deserve is actually one of my lesser favorites, mm. even though I do love the pedal steel. Um, oh, I want to say one more positive thing. That's okay. I forgot the song title, but unlike the Rat Boys song, Black Earth, which is way too long this long song what's it called on this album oh bull believer yeah actually gets really cool at the oh, end like, yes, it that does. song oh, yes, it does. i was like okay where the hell is this going and then i'm like oh shit mm-hmm. okay so that oh, i don't so know it why. sounds like well, those are the first two songs that you're kind of into Maybe okay yeah and then it falls that. off all right well <laughs> hey i appreciate knowing all that um yeah again there i'm glad that this is on my top five the fact that it's number two, I think, is is a product of sort of recent listens. Yeah. Um, and again, just sort of the way that I decide what's going to be 
yeah, I don't know, highest in terms of consistency. Mm -hmm. There's something consistent to you. It sounds like it's consistently boring. Yes. Uh, <laughs> for me, there's a consistency that um, that that put it here. Well, but again, um, like, not to dwell on it, but like the consistency of norm is something that it's consistent and it's beautiful yeah. and it's like I mean it's again it's just maybe it's just more palatable for me sure. and my my ears for the most part enjoying melody. I um, think. Because again, I don't need my music to have melody, but when it doesn't have melody, it needs to really fucking rock. Well, that's the thing. And, and I think there are moments in, here that there are moments like again, rock. the end of Bull Believer, Bull Believer um, and Hot Rock Grass Mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great song title. <laughs> um, but yeah, when it's not rocking and it's just kind of in this mid-tempo slog with kind of a, a, in my opinion, kind of generic slacker voice, it just doesn't captivate me. What well, what is a generic slacker? Like, know. who's the OG slacker? Who's the OG slacker? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna say this is like identical to Soccer Mommy, but it's in the same it vein. It is in the same of... vein. It's in the same Fourth Wanderers vein as yeah. well. Um, okay. So what's gonna be funny is that the song I want to call out is the one that is unlistenable for you. Turkey vultures. Turkey vultures. So this song is just one long build and it's got what I consider to be a great melody and you better love it because that's basically all you get because it's just repeating it's over so and over again. Yodely. I tether myself three feet from me. I do not feel my ugly body. You, you had me for a little. <laughs> I love those yodels. Oh, you should be the man. new singer. No, Carly's great. She sounds so good. Um, I love how organic the the speed up and the build from from zero point zero zero to the end of this song. I, I it's just there's something so alive about it. All this heavenly squelching guitar feedback in the background as things are building up. The drum beat comes in, which is so good. Um, the bridge is is fine, admittedly. It's not amazing, but I think it's perfect because it it helps give a breath before the lift of the second half. Snow didn't stick, it never does. At night I don't count stars, I count the dark. Love that lyric. At night I don't count stars stars i count the dark i count sort of line. the yeah the space in between, in between. yeah um and the band just fucking space shreds between. <laughs> um yeah it, it's aside from your thoughts on the song it's an interesting song for me to call out because it feels like a, a, a more random deeper cut but there was something about it that always stuck out to me i think it was one of the first ones that i loved um yeah, we you you met you mentioned briefly hot rotten grass smell. I think it's a great declarative yeah. opener, and I think again one of the reasons that this became higher for me for whatever reason over the last couple of days, like I just cued into the moments where they are fucking rocking, mm. um, and uh, this is this starts the whole thing off. And then and Lenderman is the lead guitarist, I imagine, right? 
I think so. Yeah. And and he shows up on backgrounds in some of these where I love where he blends with Carly. Um, and then, yeah, the second song, Bull Believer, which comes in three parts, all of which I love. Um, but yeah, one other moment that I need to play for you is this outro. first time I heard this, I was cringing, <laughs> hearing her so guttural uh-huh. towards the end. But I completely fell in love with how she shreds vocally well, and how the band just rides this sludgy, grungy outro. It is so cathartic. Well, this is what was exciting to me. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. They can do some stuff. Like, oh, they yeah. Can, they, can, they can hit me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one lyric I wanted to uh, call out here is that she she says you were playing Mortal Kombat yeah. and then the line at the end all of it is finish him. Oh, I didn't even pick that uh, up. She's just like screaming finish and finish him and I just love that finish him Mortal yes. Kombat sort of callback. <laughs> um, then we go into Got Shocked which I think is a perfect example of what I enjoy it sounds like Josh doesn't of the contrast between this nice pretty melody of I got shocked because the room was on two different circus circuits and then more of a monotone chorus I also love how it starts with this like very quick speed up like something's ch- recharging and charging up after it just like again she just got shocked and it's like, <laughs> it's like there's something I love about that Formula One is to me a great sleepy change up from everything you just heard. I mean, compare this to Bull Believer. This is where you hear MJ, I think, on backgrounds for the first time. All these beautiful, dreary, twinkly, dripping guitars. Uh, Then you have Chosen to Deserve, which we talked about. Great southern rock sound if you're into that. Great slide guitar work. Bath County, one thing I wanted to point out here was the piano sound, which is very Smashing Pumpkins. Um, It's like the sound that you'll hear on a lot of... uh, the sort of late nineties records um, also in innocence, like my favorite smashing Mm. pumpkin song. Um, And it's very clear that these, they must be fans of smashing pumpkins because you just sent, I already, I'd already heard it, but you sent me the other day, their version of uh, perfect, which is pretty monotone. I will say not at all. No, it does not hold up to the original um, pumpkin song, but I did want to call that out because I just, I like seeing when, what I can, what, I assume is sort of another band's influence on these other bands. Um, Quarry, we also, you know, mentioned briefly another example of the prettier uh, verses and then more monotone chorus. Um, Lyric wise, I just wanted to point out a couple of these. She says America's a spoiled child that's ignorant of grief, but then she gives out full size candy bars on Halloween. That's, (laughs) That's a great line. Also, the imagery of this next line is so good. The Kletz brothers' parents fight in the yard in their underwear. Bobby and Jimmy sit in the baby pool with lice in their hair. They have scoliosis from constant slumps and misery. Flat parts on their crew cuts from laying their heads on their knees. That, I don't know. I I think that is masterfully um, written written and just the, the image that it creates is so palpable. Um, then we get sort of the cousin to Formula One, What's So Funny, another kind of dreary tune. And then TV and the Gas Pump, which 
to me is a great closer. It's like sort of tighter, tinier production. Um, but it's one of these things where just like, you know, REM we've talked about, uh, at the end of each stanza, we'll give just a little more uh-huh. of like the, well, you could say chorus if it's that or that kind of thing. The hook. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even as I'm, as I'm going through these, I'm, I'm sort of excited about each one. Uh-huh. So yeah. Um, it, 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 it sticks. It's, it's, it's my number two favorite record, um, of this year. It, I'm even surprised at that, at how high it is, but uh, Go with your gut. there you have it, folks. The year of the rat. All right, next we're going to move on to my number two favorite album of 2023, and that's going to be In the End It Always Does by The Japanese House. I can you may if I may <laughs> start by saying this album should have made my top five this should have at least eclipsed Jeff oh man I mean you would say eclipsed I'm sure have we <laughs> ever had multiple of the same albums I'm not sure in the past uh maybe I don't recall but <clears throat> yeah this album is amazing oh I'm so glad because at the beginning or in the, earlier on you you told me a couple times you're like yeah there's some great songs in it but it hasn't really or it sounds like the same, or this, that, and the other. Yeah, yeah. This, oh man, this could have been one. This was flipping. I know back it. I figured forth. it was gonna be. This one was for flipping you. back and forth for me. Um, just kind of had to go with my gut there. Yeah. Um, but uh, so Japanese House is the project of an English uh, musician. Her name is Amber Bain. Uh, she's another young woman who's on actually the 1975's record label Dirty Hit. Mm. Also, another. I don't know if you know this, but Wolf Alice is on the same label. Really. Another favorite favorite of ours. Um, so Japanese House was introduced to me, actually maybe to us, by both um, my friends Miriam and Andy. Both um, sent us songs uh, from her earlier EPs before she even had a debut album that were really good. And then her first album, her debut, Good at Falling, came out in 2019, which was excellent. I, I don't maybe it was an honorable mention of mine. Hmm. Um, this album is an entirely different league to me. So this album has just upped everything. Um, lyrically, a little bit like we were speaking uh, to in terms of the Aces, this is also uh, an album about queer identity and relationships and beginnings and endings of relationships, the mundane aspects of life, falling in love, sexuality. Um, but she, her, her greatest strength, I mean, she has so many strengths. Her greatest strength is not only her vocals, but her vocal production style. Yeah, There's something about the way that she and her co-producers by the way, co-producer George Daniel of the 1975. She is considered a producer, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she oh, really? co-produces. I think. I think. Yeah, I'd have to check the record sleeve. Um, but something. But she's always had this, even before she was collaborating with him. There's something about her vocal production style where she's layering multiple, almost like a, a, a Brian Wilson, uh, Brian Wilson Rivers Cuomo demo tape, like layering so many of her own voices on top of herself. I absolutely love what she does yeah. with her harmonies and her vocal layer and the harmonies are, so are kind of different her. it's not just like a, yes that's I don't, what i, I don't mean. know enough about musical theory to know like oh this is like an easy harmony versus like yes so i i can't really explain it either but, expert, it, but please well no it's basically like the way i would put it is instead of just like yeah you've got this particular line and then the harmony is just you know a third up from that but following the same exact 
sort of pattern it's a completely it's like going over the same syllables you're saying the same line but it's a completely almost different melody mm-hmm. and so it it clashes in a way but in a really exciting way i don't oh, know I don't, it's, it's so exciting i love her her harmonies yeah it it makes this so special there are so many highlights on this album but i do have to pay special attention to uh this song i'm gonna play for you this is called sunshine baby So throughout this podcast series, I've kind of doled out my, this is my favorite song of the year. This is probably my favorite song of the year. Oh, I've played this the most. This is in actuality. Sunshine Sunshine Baby is my number one song of 2023. Hmm. If we didn't have to separate our lists, this is my number one yep. song. I have cried to this song many times. Mm. And again, not that that is always indicative of my favorite songs, but when, when music can hit me, Lots of music hits me. You know how obsessed with music I am. We are both are. When music can actually make me cry, there's something. There's something special going on. Yeah. I've had weeks where I needed to start every day with this song. Like mm. I wake up. I wake up. Even like before getting out of bed, I like put my headphone in and like listen to the song like one times, two times, three times before getting out of bed. And weeks of this. And then before I go to bed, it has to be the last song I hear. There's just some. There's an obsessive nature I have with this song sure. like what is it about this song the first thing about the song is the opening lyric which is so Josh and so so hits me I want to be a part of it I want to sing along the feeling when the windscreen wipers line up with the song Ooh, I love that perform my stupid rituals everything is cyclical hold on to this feeling because you won't feel it for long wow I just got chills yeah there's it's so perfectly captures wanting to be present in life connecting to music when when you notice that when the windshield wipers when, when, when something feels cosmic yeah when something whether or not you believe in god or a god or a higher power when something in your life feels like something's happening here yeah 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 capturing that in a lyric so well talking about performing my stupid rituals that's all i am i, I have stupid <laughs> rituals you literally just said you would wake up every morning <laughs> yes, <I did. laughs> listen to sunshine baby <laughs> <laughs> exactly everything is cyclical hold on to this feeling because you won't feel it for long that yeah. things change things pass oh my god that that lyric that opening stanza is like it just it just hits me it's awesome yeah i never listened to the lyrics oh my this. god and then i mean it's beautiful it's it's so the melody is beautiful the chorus oh god the chorus is amazing i don't want right anymore i don't know what to find anymore the way that she gets high she gets low you have this kind of stuttering groovy percussion Love kind of the pr- toms uh, oh my god which must be you said is george daniels his name george daniels so he's the drummer of 1975 Correct. i'm assuming he programmed or played all these drums he and matt healy play all over this album yeah so they're they're all over the 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 organic instrumentation um oh, the sitting in the back seat driving with my sunshine baby you know i just picked one of the harmonies mm-hmm. there's so many different yes. ways yeah. i could have yes. saying that the, that lyric sitting in the back seat driving with my sunshine baby very simple line but to me it's just like what is a sunshine baby there's something about being with someone who just lights up your world. Yes, the the warmth of someone you love with you. And there's always whether whether it's me or 
I, there's always something about driving in a car that's romantic to me. Yeah. Driving and listening to music and being with someone you love is like yeah. the end all. Like mm-hmm. that is, that's life for me. <laughs> this is such a perfect song. I lo- it, there's also a big Blue Nile undercurrent. Oh, you, you got you got to take the me. words right that's out of okay. your mouth. That's okay. So the Blue Nile famously is my favorite band my favorite group another this, band that i believe you've oh, cried many a time to. oh many many a time <laughs> um yes this is i was gonna say this is a very 1975 song but more so it's a blue nile song i mean down to those synth textures yes blue from nile the get the plucky strings don't 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 that's the straight out of the, downtown 100 percent. like and I'm not annoyed by it. This is like, this is what I look for in music. Like, yeah. This clearly connects to me. Oh my God, the, the drummer, the inventive percussion and yep. drum fills all over this song, all, all over this album, really. Another thing about the album and on this song that I love is how much acoustic there oh. is. That feels like a very, like, I don't know if you're comparing this because it is produced by the same guy who produces 1975. So there's always been a very similar style between Japanese house production and theirs there's something hearing it with a lot of acoustic elements feels unique to Japanese house mm. um yeah and in the she's chorus multi-talented. here she's talented she plays guitar she plays piano so i'm assuming a lot of that those yeah, sure, we'll yeah, talk sure about that that other her, songs yeah. but yeah the, the the guitar the also speaking of surprise Matt Healy edition he yeah. comes in for the bridge of the song and i love that kind of round that happens yep. Back seat, sun, and, and then she sings the chorus over it. The horns at the end, it's just so perfect. It mixes, it is so tricky to capture the feeling of happiness and sadness in the same song. I feel that here. Mm. Feeling melancholy, wistfulness, nostalgia, warmth. It, it's just, it because it taps into so many emotions for me. Some people like, okay, you listen to a sad song when you're song. You listen to a happy song when you're happy. You listen to an angry song when you're angry. This is like a catch-all because I feel all of those different emotions and it's all felt in this song my brain just like needs it just this puts song. you it just puts you in an, an emotional state it puts regardless me in, well <laughs> it's pushed me into emo, puts me in an emotional state and it just it 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 <laughs> like stuttering i'm yeah, so yeah. in love with this song um but there are so many songs like this okay sunshine there are, baby yeah. is is clearly a highlight but like oh my god like touching yourself absolutely addictive slinky muted guitar that's sexy i mean it's about it's about touching yourself it's it's literally getting sects sounds weird to say sex sexted got it essentially and wanting to touch yourself spot dog opens the album with almost like a lullaby yeah it's a nice waltz showcases the great production from the get-go oh yeah over there is just over there is specifically where like the harmonies do you like it over there yes (laughs) it's like all over amazing speaking of muna katie for muna appears on morning pages another great song boyhood is such a great song again these moments of acoustic guitar riffage, we have to also highlight one of my favorites, Sad to Breathe. The juxtaposition of that soft, tender intro that's kind of a cappella with some pads underneath it, and then when that beat kicks in, first of all, you need to hear this. Cause you're
not only is that juxtaposition of the soft into the beat, but when that exactly exactly what you're saying, yeah. the, the mix of this kind of plucky acoustic guitar over but then you have the there's all these inventive electronic production touches all over these songs that make every song exciting without the production the songs would still be good that's what makes this album so great stripped down if you took every one of these songs if you took every one of these songs and just made it acoustic guitar or piano they'd be beautiful songs so you have the core of these songs being so beautiful so well written great vocal performances then you add the vocal layering the interesting drum fills the weird synth touches the exciting uh, acoustic guitar there's just so much to love on all these songs it's friends? it's it's overwhelming the song friends friends is the most electronic probably on the album yeah there are a couple songs that have almost like a reggaeton beat yes. that gives it a lot of but nice, also great guitar riff yeah that's friends. very 1975 mm-hmm. guitar i mean it's got that chipmunk vocal electronic yes, that i like and on also that as well that was a bad um, to to kind of harp on that point a little more, there are a couple times where the production is completely taken away. Whether that's um, uh, Baby Goes Again or Indexical, whatever. Um, <laughs> ju- it's mostly acoustic and she sounds so good on it. And then the very last song on the album, one for Sorrow, two for Joni Jones, a gorgeous piano ballad, not only stripping away the production, but stripping away the vocal effects. This is the first time I think on the album where she's completely bare Interesting. on her own and just to kind of remind us of her natural vocal chops. And also, it's just a pretty way to end the album. Um, but there's just... I I just think every song is great. I, there's like no duds on this album. It hits me emotionally. It feels so intimate. And yet the songs are not all these quiet, like Andy Schaaf songs. Like these are big, oh, yeah. exciting, propulsive at times songs. But it feels so intimate. It feels so... I feel like I'm getting to know her. Like it, it really hmm. feels like an intimate piece of this artist that i'm just i'm i'm just so glad to connect with in this way this really could have been my number one song i've listened to this album Album so much a number one album thank you yeah i I think again just thinking of why maybe this didn't make my top list um i guess between morning pages and dexical uh baby goes again you always get what you want Joni jones i mean those are the last three i just mentioned those are ones that I don't often go back oh, to. Really? I think it's really the 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 bigger productions, you could say, um, that are my favorite. And honestly, you could probably say the same about 1975. Mm. The ones that are sort of the the bigger full band, like what we saw live. Those were the ones that hit me the most, not kind of the softer ones. Um, but again, that being said, even with that, there is a consistency in the production, both literally the the sound production and also just the orchestration of the entire album um that yeah i mean i i keep i fall more and more in love with it the more i do listen to it you um, really should see it live because seeing this live to. already loving this album and then having a live drummer play on mm, these songs like absolutely elevated again also to like there's i'm sure they're playing to some click tracks and stuff but she had a full Definitely. band a full band playing these songs yeah. and it really it, it it elevated it i mean that's the best part of a concert right either you're discovering new music or music you've already loved gets taken to a totally new level and that's what happened with me in this show should have seen it live yeah okay and let's cap things off with our collective favorite album of 2023 celebrants by nickel creek
never in a million years would have thought this would be my number one album that this would resonate with me so much. Basically, I mean, I barely listen to this genre at all. This is not in my rotation. The closest I would get to this is probably like Allison Krauss and Union Station Mm -hmm. in terms of bluegrass and this type of folkiness. This is not just a folk album. This is like a bluegrass album. Um, I don't know how you would describe this. People call them progressive bluegrass. I was going to say. Which is a lovely way to call it because this is so much more than I could have imagined an album like this could be. This album is an hour long. Yeah. I swear to God, I I love every second of this album. This is a longer album too. It's like a sixty minute album. It's, did I just say that? It's an hour long, <laughs> and I just feel like uh, there's just no wasted space. Interesting. This is so you disagree? It sounds like uh, there are a couple songs that I could cut. I mentioned this a little bit with Rufus Wainwright, but an album like this reminds me of why I love music. And I may have said that in our yeah. last number one with Black Country New Road, very different album, and yet. It's exploring what can be done with three voices and three instruments. I think it's, I'm not, I'm not saying it's just this, but I do think it's like, it's a musician's album. Yeah. It's a very, uh, sophist- I mean, I said sophisticated about like Black Country New Road. I guess this, Different this, type is, what, of well, this, well, this is what you just said. You know, yeah. maybe we mentioned this about, you know, Ants from Up There similarly, but yeah, it is just so masterfully craft everything everything immaculately produced arranged composed let's start by the way it was produced by eric valentine who do you know this guy no (laughs) should i should i know this guy (laughs) i guess i honestly i said that as hoping i would be like oh yeah (laughs) eric v that you were gonna jump in i did i didn't write any of them down but he's got a long list of production credits many different genres like a lot of rock and stuff i would i would check that out but yes it does sound great uh this is their first album in nine years and it's also a comeback record yeah after a hiatus or a breakup I, I don't actually know the extent of that history but i i couldn't tell you before this album one nickel creek song okay Same. this this band was like i i've heard the name i know chris thiel or chris thiel's name i've known him in stuff i've loved think, the inside lewis davis just soundtrack i think it's thiel just like homie okay um but huge shout out to you uh, and you. once again, our brother-in-law Spencer, yes. who I believe int- either introduced you or you definitely saw. no. I I give all the props to Spencer, our brother-in-law, but who but, yeah, yeah told, but, told me to check this out, and uh, I will forever sort of con- associate him with this record. For sure, and me too. And and outside of the Andy Schaff record, which clearly I connected with, the Troy Sivan, the Indigo Indigo De Souza, like this was a clearly. Um, important and important record that made like an unbelievable impression on me. Like, so I'm very grateful to the two of you. This just, I said this a little bit. I just want to harp a little bit on it. This is what music feels like in its purest form. There, like you said, it's like a musician's album. There's something that it's just, it's just a journey that I look forward to every song. Like every song has something I'm thrilled about. I, we could go, we could go with any song as a highlight. I'm sure you have your own. We may have had the same highlight, but I want to focus on the first song that really like lit, like took my breath away, which is the meadow.
I'm in, I'm in love with the song. I'm yeah. in love with this song. Yeah, me too. It's the mandolin. I oh think it's mandolin. A hundred percent. I'm not good at identifying string but instruments. Yeah, yes, but, that is Chris Thiele. He oh is mandolin. Oh my god, he is a virtuoso. And, and and you can hear it. I mean, the bounciness of that riff, and but also the way he's able to play with time in that riff. So yes throughout again one of the many amazing things about this record and about these musicians is how they manipulate time signatures and rhythm within even a standard time signature just they are so they are masters at their individual instruments and music in general that yes you're able to get what what you just alluded to uh these these crazy uh yeah lines here and there that I don't know. I, you, I feel like you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. And again, it's like, I don't know what people either think of this band or think of bluegrass and like traditional folk music, but I don't think of stuff like this. I don't think of the time swelling in and out. I don't think of my favorite part of this song is the harmony. Mm. It's so the bends. It's so unique. The bends. Yes. Even with, even before the harmony comes in, because Chris is just going, I saw Yes. Like it gets atonal or dissonant for a second, and your your brain is like, wait, do, do I like this? Do I like this? I I love this. I'm obsessed with this. And then when they do it as a harmony, oh my god! Then to my surprise, we get lost sometimes and we're finding. Oh, I love yes, that the, when the they, they layer on top together, of each other. I, I think I mentioned <laughs> these two before, but I feel like this song ruined harmony for me because. <laughs> Now I want all my harmonies to do this. Like yeah. it sounds silly to say, but it, it, it's just talk about something that we've all heard forever, which is a three-part harmony. We've talked about it multiple multiple times in this podcast series. I've never heard three people taking a harmony and then bending it to the point where your brain is like, uh, I don't know if I like this, and then bringing it back up. It yeah. is so addictive. This song is like I've never it is. heard it's anything true. like it's this very, before. It's very cathartic when it bends back up. Yeah. It's like there's something in that that it is, it is very It's so brilliant. I don't know. Because again, people, obviously you bend notes all the time. Typically on an instrument, yeah. like a guitar, you'll hear that bend out in and out of tune but you don't often hear it in a vocal yeah or, or at least made as like the theme of the song it's like because that is all over here that's like a, a big part of it i love sarah's fiddle line of beautiful chords in the chorus uh yeah just what if i were yours and you were mine we go wrong sometimes and forget everything it's yeah, it is. It is an amazing, very unique song. I'm glad you shouted it out. It's also one of my favorites. Um, but my true favorite from this record, and this is my most listened to and likely favorite song, regardless of the top five songs we talked about <laughs> yeah. in the last episode uh, of 2023, Strangers. This is so masterfully composed. Oh, my God. Starting with this kind of bongos and cyclical acoustic guitar. I love the repeated, it's been too long, it's been stranger. Strange. I don't know if I did right. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Repeated with harmonies. And I love the upward bass movement. 
uh, movement on and leave us speechless in the darkness. And then the mandolin picking that comes in the second time that happens. It's so delicate. So delicate. Also the percussion feels like it's like a, is it a woodblock? Like, it's I don't some know. little, I don't know. It's very Maybe light. it's just a guitar. Maybe it's like a, uh, you're actually, you're right. Get, I, I called it bongos, guitar. but I think you're right. I, th- I think it is uh more just like uh tapping on yeah, the guitar. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice B section that kind of simmers on the, where's the get, where's the get in. And actually lyrically, there's something I really like about that. I mean, overall, this song, I think is just kind of about, you know, seeing like an old friend and kind of wondering, is there anything still there? Like, is there substance to this? Is there, do we need to keep this going? Mm. So the, where's the get in being together? Um, a couple things there. First of all, I, I just think simply, I like the sort of play on that, the yeah. get in together and just that idea of, you know, what am I getting from this you know relationship right now? But also it makes me think of uh, first grade, Mrs. McHale teaching me how to spell together. <laughs> oh my God. And just like, yeah, I went, with my, I, I, went, expect. <laughs> <laughs> I went with my son um, to pick up my daughter. We went together to get her something like that. Wow. Um, and then also lyrically, just while I'm on it, uh, remember that one time before every sentence felt like a sentence to life with old friends. Mm. Sentence felt like a sentence to life. I love that. It's like a hip hop lyric. It's true. Yeah. The way I say it. Um, but I mean, one of the main reason, uh, main reasons, just one of the best moments of this song is the instrumental breakdown. over all these different chords. Then Sarah joins in with the fiddle and takes over a solo with so much emotion. Um, It's, it's, it, it pulls, it pulls at my heartstrings and we haven't even talked about sort of the final section where they combine the verse melody with the fiddle from the bridge. And then they sort of swap vocal duties where, Chris and Sarah are taking the first part. Then Sean responds. There's new chords making it feel fresh and uplifting. It's just perfect. I I really love this song. I mean, this this end to the airport with oh, two songs airport. you shared with me, and it was like instant. I was like, oh my God, where's where has this band been? Like, where has this band been all my life? Yes. To the airport is so goddamn epic, and that fucking fiddle is like... Absolutely. I love this song. I love that part so much. Please bear with me because I looked into the lyrics of this song and the entire song is this ode to airport workers in a really amazing way. Please let me just kind of read this off to you. Here's a song for the good folks who we pay to look for bombs in each other's boots. Sure, this line is long. It's longer than my fuse, but you're just doing your job and what a job you're doing. Look at us trying to move. For the put-upon bearers of bad news, now and forever caught here between us and our due, there's platinums, golds, and silvers singing the Delta Blues. You see how far we've gone together, yet you still refuse me. 
the seat you know I want and just forgot to choose. I guess you're doing your job, but what a job to do. Look at us trying to move, to move through this world like it's our world. And for the mom running stoically through each kid-unfriendly gauntlet, doing the work of two, when the boarding process drops her off next to a childless man of business whose cares are few enough to voice his problems with her toddler on fumes, I heard her tell him off, like, who the hell are you to assess this job that you could never do? Just put your headphones on, man. Then away we flew. Look at us trying to move, to move through this world like it's our world. <laughs> so I'm so glad you brought that up because one of the things I love about this song is the concept of the song. This is not exactly the same, but one of my favorite Bare Naked Lady songs is When I Fall, yeah. which is a song about a window washer who's afraid of heights yeah. and who essentially, Ed, who wrote the song, is trying to get into the mindset of this kind of very specific person and career where he saw it and just imagined the the life they were leading. It kind of reminds me of that. This is like, what other song ever written is about this type of person? Totally. From Kind of from their perspective. It just, again... I'm sure when you're an artist and musician, you quote unquote can run out of things to talk about. Yeah. But it actually speaks to a strength, in my opinion, where you're able to take the songwriting out of yourself and out of your own experiences and just as a creative um, expression, yeah. be able to inhabit someone else's life. So it's, I'm just in awe of a song like this existing. Me too. I mean, again, only recently I looked into the lyrics. I'd been hearing them forever and I just yeah. loved the music of this song. But taking this view of like everyone who goes to the airport shits on TSA. Yeah. You know, everyone's so entitled on an airplane, you know, and probably treats the uh, yeah, uh, flight sure. attendants shittily. And of course, you know, anytime you're on there and you see a baby, you're like, yeah. gah. And it's just like giving props to all of those different people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, who are we? Like, we're, we're, uh, yeah, we're trying to move through this world like it's ours. Like we're so entitled and yet, like I don't know. It's just like these people are sort of helping us get from A to, mm -hmm. a to B. Um, and I love that. Yeah. Um, something else about this album that we didn't really talk about yet is, and you know, you mentioned that it's a journey, the album. I love all these thematic elements sprinkled throughout. Yeah, like the, the instrumental interludes. So the instrumentals, there's a part one and part two of like, a, what is it, un, under the bridge or water under the bridge. Um, there's also these Goddamn really cool, yeah. yes, there's from the beach to the airport right. right next to each other. And also these instrumental parts that are connected to other like verse melodies. I don't know if you picked this up, but in holding pattern, there's uh, this like clunky string part that happens in it is the uh, like chorus melody of To the Airport. I didn't that's pick in that there. up. Oh, and man. then uh, if you go one song back to Going Out. Also one of my favorites on the album, actually. Yes. So, what a I mean, great again, instrumental. so masterful. Like this could be a whole album of just right. like amazing no, instrumentals. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> there were so many. When I heard hearing Going Out, I remember, I think if it, <laughs> it would have been enough. If it was just instrumental, I would have still <laughs> loved this. Yes, I would have loved this album because as instrumental tracks, they're so exciting and dynamic and melodic. It doesn't even need a vocal melody. It's so good. Yeah, there's there's a uh, there's a little guitar melody in here which is mirroring the verse melody of New Blood, which comes much later in the record. Um, and also something interesting because I mentioned in the you know the live shows episode that. Um, I went with our brother-in-law, Spencer, 
um, to see Nickel Creek at College Street Music Hall in New Haven. And um, they played most of this album. And uh, they mentioned about these instrumentals that I think wherever they were recording this, there was like a big tapestry or a picture, something nautical Mm. that they just kind of used as inspiration. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just, I thought that was a interesting. And also just the fact that they took this and then created their own just like artwork basically Mm. from that other artwork. Their own tapestry. If you will. I will. Yeah. Sarah's got a lot of swaggery songs. Sarah's a great vocalist too. Absolutely. Yeah. I love her on Thinnest Wall. Yes. Like she she clearly shines on that album. Great vocal performance. Also New Blood which is way different. Yeah. Kind of more of a stomp. Definitely. Um, Yes. No, she she gets some of the bluesier, like more country ones. Uh, Stone's Throw is another one that I know that you and I both love. That's like my second favorite. How exclamatory that I was only a stone's throw away. And then when it comes back in with harmonies, I love Goddamn Satan as well. Uh, There's a lyric in Goddamn Satan I wanted to call out. Um, I find my choir has ceased to think and my thoughts have ceased to sing because I won't even have a drink with anyone who disagrees. Like I've forgotten that the well I'm drawing from springs from disagreements with people who believe that we can only change someone as much as we're willing to be changed. That's a great sentiment. It's a great sentiment. He, he, it's one of his best vocal performances on the albums in Goddamn Saint. It's yeah. so beautiful and sad and somber. It's just impressive that he can be so good at his instruments and also a truly <laughs> yes. great vocalist. Uh, you you sent to me, I, mean, I think I had, uh, again, also seen that around the same time, but you sort of sent me a, a picture of Chris Thiele's first album yes. when he was like nine or something. He I was mean, like 12, but yeah. yeah. Okay. He's virtuosic from yes. you know, the get-go. Um, Hollywood ending. Also beautiful. The Absolutely. vocal harmonies all over this song. Yep. More sort of organic tempo shifts there. Failure Isn't Forever, I think, is a, is a really solid closer. closer. To believe that failure isn't forever. A lot, and again, time signatures, like that's in 5-8. I think uh, going out is in 5-8. Um, we, we went straight to the end, but we actually even talk about the opening song. Celebrance, I think, is a great opener. I think it's a great opener. What I will say is that it's literally stomp clap and there's something about the stomp and claps and the my god it's good to see you it's like this welcome song that's a little cheesy to me i like it that being I, I, it said, is a welcome song to me it's perfectly <laughs> as like a hey we're back i mean fair enough and again this is as an album kind of a spectacle so like i get that but i do love the sing ho for the gatherings we took then for granted, then didn't we? Yo, fellow celebrants. And then ah, before this one, when the fiddle bum, matches it, and then the yes, and then the bass drum hits. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's. I mean, I can't say it enough. I use the. I I think on this series, I've used the word masterful. You know, maybe a little too much, but truly, at at a certain point, there was no way I couldn't put this record as number one because this record just felt like the most. It's like the most thought was put into it uh, on, on all, on all ends. They feel like a comeback record. I need to listen to their other records. Me too. I need to listen to everything. This, you said, you said it very well. It, it, this has always felt like this has to be it. It's so complete. It's so well thought out. It's so exciting for a folk bluegrass record. Every song sounds different and is exciting. And I just feel like, when I listen to this album, I feel like I'm listening to the best to ever do it. Like, yeah. It feels like they are the best at this genre. 
the best they have to offer. And it's a genre I don't lis often listen to. So talk about an, an a artist and a an artist and an album that are actually introducing me to an entirely new genre. How often does that happen? What so I'm very excited about is um, so I, you know I've talked about my friend Manny um, who. Again, I think I said, uh, you know, he told me I should listen to this Rat Boys album, one that's a little folkier. Um, and again, he, you know, grew up playing kind of a bluegrass band. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, so he definitely, he's got a lot of love for uh, bluegrass. And in particular, he loves the Punch Brothers, okay. which is another uh, prog uh, sort of folk bluegrass group with Chris Thiele. Um, but the way Manny puts it is that is like once he goes to Punch Brothers, he, he had a hard time going back even to Nickel Creek because I, there's no doubt. It's like, yes, this is more progressive bluegrass. This is not straight ahead. Yeah. Maybe there's a couple songs on here that Sarah sings that are a little more just kind of straight ahead Southern or country or whatever. Um, but this is progressive. It, it, just listen to what we were just telling you about all these time signatures and listen to what we were listen. telling you. <laughs> um, but if that's what Manny says, I am very interested to hear punch brothers yeah. and see how much further that sort of progressiveness can be taken. And there's no doubt Chris Thiele. I mean, again, he also has tons of solo albums. It's, not, well, he first of all, all... I just, it's also just not just Chris Thiele, like Sarah and Sean, no, um, yeah. so many props to them. Uh, they are, yeah. I mean, two thirds of, of, of this group and, and and you know what we didn't i mean maybe we we skirted over it very quickly but aside from uh for the most part like a, a bass player on a bunch of the songs they can fill so much space yes. with their three instruments and their three voices again it's a very different band but t think about and talk think about what we talk about in terms of counting crows as a band filling the spaces and like excitingly playing in little pockets yeah, and you're having excited all these little... you're excited to hear what each band yes. member will bring yes. that's how i feel on every song whether 100%. it's every little diddle or diddy they're or... never doing something that feels bland or yeah. superfluous yeah. it's all interconnected into this amazing and album. this album again because it's organic instrumentation this album there's something that feels so timeless about it. Like, yes, it can feel progressive and exciting and new, but like, there's no reason this album couldn't have come out in the 1970s. Like, totally. there's something about that. Well, especially from like a production standpoint. Well, yeah. Think about like Japanese House was fighting for number one. But yeah. That album is a very modern 2020s album. Yeah. But there's something that even makes this more special to me that this could have existed anytime, but it's existing right now. Like, we are hearing this incredibly special piece of work in 2023. And it stands along all those great albums from all those decades. I mean, it's it just feels totally. this. I'm glad we both picked it. This feels like the right move. It Me feels too. like this. This was my album of the year. This was the album I listened to the most. And I, what I was most excited to I listen to. What gave me comfort. What gave me excitement. I mean, obviously, I've talked about the other albums in that way. But I'm so bummed I missed the concert you went to with Spencer. Yeah. But thank God they're coming back. And we're going to go see them in March in just a couple months. So Can't wait. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Not uh, not to that. end on, you know, as a little more of a bummer <laughs> note, but I wish the album cover was better. I don't hate it. Not a fan <laughs> of just like these strewn balloons in kind of a barn. I don't know. I like the colors. It, it is yeah. a nice contrast. I think I just, I think I just want my album covers to be like kind of artwork. These well, days. I typically feel that way as well. Yeah. I don't love band photos in artwork at all. Yeah. Um, 
to me it's got it's literally they're in a barn or a warehouse or there's wood involved it just feels right to me okay fair enough <laughs> all right well that was our number one album of the year 2023 let's very quickly yeah roll off honorable mentions honorable mentions i mean as i already mentioned japanese house should have been in my top five um desire i want to turn into you by caroline polachek as i also mentioned on a previous episode was originally in my top five but uh was taken back to uh, put Andy Schaff, um in its rightful <laughs> place, in its place, uh, in my top five. Um, I also really liked the shame record, Food for Worms. Yeah, great record. Um, thank you, Josh, for getting me into that. Um, I mentioned a couple times Wilco's new record, Cousin, which again was a slow burn. I would still put it at the bottom of their discography, but Wilco in general is just one of my favorites. Um, such a comforting sound. Yeah, so you, you I mentioned that to, to me, and that's you're spot on. Even a weaker Wilco album, I love the sound. I love hearing. I love hearing them. I love putting that record on. There are still three or four songs I love on that album. Also, great artwork. Also, uh, great, great artwork. artwork on the Shame record. Yes, very are, melancholy. Kind oh of yes, one hundred percent. Back to Wilco, like um, meant to be, and Child Soldier, and. God, there are so many great uh, songs on that album, but you're right. Then there's like Pittsburgh and Ten Dead. And you're oh, like, Ten Dead. My God, I hate that song. <laughs> um, Anything else? Uh, Green Chatton's uh, full record, Chaos for the Fly. I know I mentioned Salt Throwers Are for Truck. Yeah, Fontaine's DC, all three of their albums made my top yes, five. It's true. So Green did not quite make it. It was an honorable mention Which for is me. fine. It's, but I love that it's different. It I just different. love it. It just made me even more so fall in love with his voice to even mm. to see what it can do outside of just this post-punk uh, band vibe. Like you said, it would have, yeah, he's not toured on this album at all. In fact, we saw him opening for Arctic Monkeys yeah. or saw them rather as Fontaine's DC after his album was out. So he was still touring. It's just odd. He literally spat out this album, but didn't tour on it. Yeah. So it's too bad. It is too bad. Um, we were briefly just in the background while we were setting up for this podcast, listening to Javelin by Sufjan Stevens. Um, again, not one of, when I, when I called the motion city soundtrack song Javelina. Uh, oh yes. I remember. <laughs> Javelina. <laughs> yes. Uh, Javelin, uh, by Sufjan Stevens. Um, maybe not one of his best, but in a similar, uh, Wilco realm, I just love Sufjan. I love his sound. I love his softer sounds, not, I don't actually know Age of Odds, but uh, what's the one that came out? Uh, Carrie and Lil? No, the the more produced oh, the Ascension? One. Yeah, Oof. not a fan. Um, By the way, sh- on a longer list, and if I had done more honorable mentions, Shit Talk could have been mm-hmm. up there. That's an incredible, emotional, epic like build of a song. I, yeah. I love that. And then lastly, uh, I mentioned this also a couple of times, um, Caroline Rose's new record, The Art of Forgetting. I don't know how many times you listened to that. Quite a few. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. It was a slower burn for me. I but actually I... think it starts off weak and then it gets better and better. Interesting. And I actually kind of like the voicemails from, from her, her grandmother. grandmother. It's, it's a very sweet, intimate kind of record. And yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. For me, uh, the number one artist that we haven't mentioned at all, I don't think, actually you mentioned briefly, um, probably my number six album, uh, is Carly Rae Jepsen's The Loveliest Time. Mm. She put out The Loneliest Time. So Carly does this thing where she's very prolific. After Emotion, that incredible comeback, if you will, album, not comeback, but like kind of catapulted her from out of the one-hit wonder aspect of Call Me Maybe, after Emotion came out, she came out with Emotion Side B, with the songs were like just as good, if not right. better. Then after um, 
dedicated. Thank you. Dedicated. There was dedicated side B. Yeah. Last year or 2022 was the loneliest time, which I loved. The The title track was my number five mm-hmm. or whatever song of the year with Rufus Wainwright. This is the companion album, The Loveliest Time. <laughs> this album is amazing. It is so, so good. And again, for someone who's kind of in the pop lane, she's still doing new things. Songs like After Last Night have these like jittery electronic pr- production. It's a great one. Psychedelic, Psychedelic Switch is amazing. You mentioned Shadow I and I think Shadow. Collage. Um, put It to Rest. There's so many great songs on this album. Absolute blast to listen to. Um, yeah, Carly continues to kill it. Margaret Glaspie, we talked about. Mm-hmm. That was number two song, but album was fighting for a spot in the top five. Paramore's new album. The Paramore album from 2017 was my album of the year. This is before we were doing the podcast. Um, This is not at the level of After Laughter for me, but still a great record. Um, Love that one. Carolyn Polachek was in my top 10. And then finally, uh, Nas. I do want to pay special tribute, or or rather a special shout out to Nas, who not a ton of hip-hop comes across my list or our list. It's just not my number one genre, but when it hits, holy shit. Nas is on such a spree right now. He has put out six albums in the last three years, and they are all good to great. And mm. this might be the best one. This is his final of the Magic series out of the Kings of Disease uh, series. And he just, everything I love about hip-hop, whether it's like the classic you know, chipmunk soul or soul samples, the witty wordplay, the hungry... MC, I just I just love Magic Three, so that was a major album for me. Um, I'll leave it there. Uh, Adam kind of mentioned earlier, maybe not the strongest year for albums in general. Um, typically, I you know I'll post my like twenty favorite albums of the year. I only posted thirteen this year to really be true to myself. Like mm-hmm. there were only thirteen albums instead of my, which again is still I'm still very grateful that yeah. twenty twenty three we're getting thirteen albums I'll listen to forever at minimum. Um, not the strongest year for albums, but anytime we do this podcast, anytime we do these listings, I say the same thing every year. It's still like, great it's music like, being made. Still great music being made. Still great music's discovering all the time, whether it's we have some older artists here, some classic artists here, and then we have some brand new artists who haven't even been alive more than 20 years who are already making great music. Just always warms my heart. Before we sign to be alive. off, before we sign off, not to cut you off, I apologize. Um, it's okay. I was just speaking my heart. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't even have an answer to this. I didn't actually think about it, but I feel like you probably did, and you, you know, mentioned a couple things briefly. But what are some of the things you are anticipating? Have heard about? Um, you know, just artists releasing EPs or albums or shows, tours, etc. Yeah, in twenty twenty four. Not a ton yet. The ones that I was thinking about. We kind of mentioned the abandoned pools is like my number oh, yeah. one most anticipated album. Which is wait, it's actually it's coming out in ten days. Yeah, we're already in January. Yeah, it's coming out <laughs> in ten days. Um, I'm excited for the new Smile album, even mm. if it's unclear if this means Radiohead will never get back together. I think. Or not. I mean, again, I don't know where these little headlines come from, but most yeah. recently, I think I heard Phil Selway said that they're they're getting back okay. together. And the other only other one I put at the top there is Everything Everything. I yeah. think they just. I mean, we both. Oh no, I almost put. No, neither of us had it in their top albums, but uh, Raw right. Data Feel was like my number six. Yeah, Jennifer was, was almost my number, my number one, five. I think, Jennifer was year. your number one. Absolutely love that band. Love Cold Reactor. Very excited for that. Um, I'm 
marginally interested and excited for the new Green Day album. Uh, Idols, I also didn't love their last two albums. Yeah. Nothing like Joy was my number one album of 2018. Yep, I remember. Um, also excited for that uh in terms of shows we've got a big show coming up oh in just God. a few days which is listen taking us back to the beginning of top five disco one of our first artists our third maybe or second or third was second. ocean city soundtrack and if you listen to that series you know and if you didn't please go back and listen but motion city soundtrack came out of the gate with their best album which yeah. is i am the movie an album that they rarely play from if they play anything it's two songs Yep. Maybe three, yep. mostly two. They're doing a full album of I Am The Movie. We're seeing it in a couple of days, and I, I'm so thrilled. A full, because a full, uh, full album concert. performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because typically they just lean on Commit This To Memory, which is their big commercial, commercial-esque album. Um, outside of that, you haven't uh, given me the 100% go-ahead, but I'm excited for this R.E.M. Murmur show that Michael Shannon is playing. Oh, yes. Uh, Please. Oh, Murmur. Sorry, I thought you meant it was like at the venue Murmur. No, yes, it's, it's in, in like Philly. Philly right? um, and then Nickel Creek we mentioned, and that's all I have on yeah. the horizon. Um, yeah. Sweet. No, it's gonna. It's gonna. It's always gonna be a, a good year because <laughs> as we do this every year, it's it's pretty obvious. But that's only like the first three months of 2024. So I'm sure we'll have a lot of good stuff to talk about uh, this time next year. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for continuing to listen. Uh, I know it's it's been about a year and. Again, you know, when the Abandoned Pools album comes out, maybe we'll put together a... Uh, you yeah, know, it's been a little bit since we've done an artist deep dive. Yeah. Kind of, we should go back to our roots and hopefully do one of those before our 2024 series. But until then, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy all this music, whether you've heard it before or just discovering it. Uh, we'd love to hear from you and hear about your top fives as well. Uh, until next time. Happy listening. Happy listening.